This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. And happy Halloween from Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Get out of my dreams. <laughs> Get into my car. And we're off to a singing start of episode 26 tonight. I'm joined by the usual cast of characters from U.S. Fan TV fame. We have Conspiracy Chris and Hat Guy Pat joining me tonight. I'm Hat Guy. You're Hat Guy tonight? Yeah, is that, is that Chris? Did, did you guys go... Is this like the Big Bang Theory where... Howard dresses as Sheldon and Sheldon dresses as Howard later. Yes. Okay. Halloween, we decided to switch. All right. Well, Pat, then, then I need to hear some of the conspiracies out of this. Cause I mean, I know Chris's conspiracies, everybody's out to get him. I mean, like, I, as I always point out on Twitter, they even, you know, they made a TV show about him. Everybody hates Chris. I can't even conceive of the conspiracies, but Arsenal really did get screwed over the weekend. I will agree with Conspiracy Chris on that. Really, actually, fucked by VAR. It it was no different than uh, uh, 2010. Uh, that um, was it Michael Bradley's goal, or was it um, God? Why have I forgotten the defender's name already? He used to play for FC Dallas uh, against Slovenia, Slovakia, whoever the hell it was. We scored. It was Slovenia. Where, uh, we scored the winning goal, and then they called it back on a foul that didn't exist. Yeah, it was, except we had the chance to look at it here. <laughs> True. And they still, and the ref didn't even see it, is my understanding. The, the VAR made the call, and, the, and I think it was Atkinson who was refing the game, yeah. just said, no, nah, I'm not going to go look at the monitor. That's good. We'll, and there was, there was, I don't understand. I, I, thought, the only, I thought that was the only thing. That's something you should be looking for. It, 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 that's that's a, you know. Does V does VAR work differently in England? I and I, and I honestly it does not work. It, I don't know. Well, if that the, makes there's it different. They're True. not doing it like they are in Germany. That's for sure. It's it it's not. There's a way to use it to your advantage, and they're, the Premier League is. It seems like not. They're using it. They're using it um, punitively for like minuscule problems so they're they're catching like oh see there was this there was a foul like 30 seconds ago that right. no one caught and now there's a goal uh, nope nope doesn't count well and i guess uh, my, it, I, I guess more, more more of what my question is i get it offsides is either you're offsides or you're not that's not something the the referee needs to go look at does Eng, does england use var where the referee doesn't look at the foul i thought it was that is my understanding the referee i thought var to. The there VAR is a screen was... the referee can go look at, but he is not required to do so, I guess. Okay. Well, leave it to the English to screw everything up. I, I, I know. Re- it, it, like, it, there was that call earlier this season that it was, I think, a sun goal for Tottenham where he, he was maybe a millimeter offside. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of knew this is not the point of this, but at least that's one where it has to be yes or no. Sure. Not going back through the tape to find something and going, eh, No. Well, three yeah, minutes like, after it was scored, and offside, and to be fair, offsides I believe in England is using the Hawkeye technology, is what which is what they use in tennis. I mean, it's like a laser type system that is designed 
for that purpose. I don't know how it all works. It's technology. I don't understand any of it. I'm not quite Chris level of ant of not knowing technology and having it break, but it they're using pretty much the best in the world for that concept. So a millimeter offsides, the Hawkeye is going to catch it in theory. So and that's why it's yes or no, and that's kind of how it goes. And so so be it. But so Atkinson didn't he, and again I didn't watch Arsenal this weekend because I I just didn't. And so he didn't even go look at it. No, no, and no, it was he, difficult he took, to, and that's what I was, that's what I heard after the fact, because there was so much confusion around the actual situation, so, it, it, no, it, and it's, it, the one thing I do appreciate, like, the NFL stops for everything, and the replays take way too long, and the whole thing takes way too long, but I like that the referee has to explain the call to the crowd, because you, well, you understand what just happened, not... I, I also think there's value in the fact that like they use a central reviewing station. There's not, there's not just one person in the stadium who's reviewing it. So at least there's either presumably you're going to get all good or all bad if it goes to a central place. Now, you know, there, there's, there's always the chance, I guess that, you know, this person could hate one team or hate a player or something. Well, that's why you, have, like, well, you have a I'm, panel. I'm not, I'm not going to give that to them, but have a panel. The, yeah, I agree. But my point is just if you have a central location, at least you're doing something to like to, to make the decisions universal. The problem with doing it in house in, in, in each individual stadium is now you've got however many games are going on that day. You know, say there's 10 games, you get 10 different interpretations potentially of a rule. You know, the, the guy yeah, they and have, there's no point the in guy, getting the, at all. The, yeah, and the, I the guy they had reviewing, the, the guy in the box who was who who made this call for VAR had never refed a Premier League game. He's refed like five Champions League uh, championship games, but no, yep. um, no, no Premier League games. That's now, not the way it should be used. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand that at all. Like, how is he even? If if you're gonna hold, you you wouldn't stick him out on the field to go ref a. a a Premier League game at this point, but he can determine what a ref's going an actual ref who is qualified is on the field. He can determine what that person is allowed to determine to 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 call. This seems insane to me. Yeah, it, it 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 doesn't add up to me. Like I, you know, my problem with it from my from a referee's perspective is that he didn't even bother to go look at it. Yeah, if I didn't if I didn't see the call, and somebody's calling me and calling up and saying, "Hey, this is a foul. Take away a goal." I'm going to say, "I want to at least see it." Tell me what you're seeing now. There's Especially a, there's under a very, in the circumstance where it's like this is a winning goal. Yeah, you know, yeah. this truly affects the outcome. To me, it's to one me thing that if part, it was five-one, and and you know, a goal either way doesn't matter. I guess to me, it's that that that's irrelevant. If if somebody is telling me this is not a goal, I want to see why they're saying it's not a goal, and there, there's probably a good chance I'll agree with them. However, I, if I'm reffing that, I want to see it, and the fact that he didn't. It, it leads me and to then, believe, and then and then just wiped it away. Leads me to believe either he, like he was going to blow the whistle and just didn't, and then said, "Okay, yep, you guys saw what I saw," but at least go through the motion. I, I except I, the only foul possible was a foul on Callum Chambers, not by yeah. Callum Chambers, right? Which the, is the, how Callum Chambers, the Arsenal's player, the 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 call is that he fouled someone. The thing is, he's fouled by two guys and pushed over in the box. Like he's pushed and tripped. 
It should have been one a of those where I can't. Else. I don't think anybody can actually tell what this person was even thinking, which is ridiculous. That game also had another uh, interesting point where, granted, Chaka sort of blew up at the fans for uh, yeah. booing him, which they were more booing him in my interpretation because he was walking he off. He was the walking field. off one, yeah. Which would have pissed me off, even which might have made me say something or yell something at one of my own players. When typically I would never do that. So, um, but yeah, it, the, the the larger thing is all, all these assholes online who are uh, like I can't. I wouldn't say, and I hate Harry Kane as a soccer player. But if I saw Harry Kane, I wouldn't say anything mean to him, and I I would I wouldn't tweet. I would yell, shut your mouth. I, I might say, hey, Harry, don't fall down or something like that. Or, you know, hey, but like you're still standing, like, I hope your kids get cancer. No, we're not. No, like it's in the, the shit that people are saying to like they're like you're, we're seeing these athletes, not just in soccer, but we talk about soccer. So that's what we're talking about here. We're seeing them like crack because they're just it, it's nuts like. They're, they're people. You, you can't just go up and say, fucking die in a fire, you asshole, generally. I mean, <laughs> Rafa Marquez. Like. You, you have to reserve it for and And we have people doing it to their own players, yeah, like, their own favorite team. Well, and I, now, I, now I'm I wanna... joking, but I, yeah, no, I, I agree. Now, Sorry Ra- to Rafa, he... topics for your show, TJ, but. Well, we did have topics, and but this is kind of how this works, and that's why I, I do enjoy this. Um, Rafa Marquez, Chris, I, I'll concede that point. I don't care. He he deserves what he gets. That's fine. So if you want to say die in a fire to Rafa Marquez, I'd be fine with that. Now, Pat, I, I, the question I want to raise about this is I think your, your, your point's valid. They do it to their own team. It's very extreme, and it, it's the social media culture we live in. But how much of this do you think it could be gambling-related, the anger and hostility I, specifically? I don't think it's gambling-related. I think it's more... Um, I think with, with Arsenal in particular, I, I think it has more just to do with the atmosphere around the club right now. Um, but and, what... may, it, and maybe you could say that in many instances. I, sure, I think things like gambling um, exacerbate the stuff. But if anything, I would say it's just it's more social media culture. I, I mean, it's the idea that you can it's... say whatever you want instantly to this person. And yeah. there are a lot of things that, in a moment of anger, you'll say that a minute later you might not say, or you know, or, a day later you wouldn't say, or if you were really looking at the person, you wouldn't say. Like you know what? It's sort of like when you're driving. Sort of like when somebody cuts you off. I was just yeah, gonna say when somebody cuts you off in line, you're okay. Yell. But yeah. Die, motherfucker! Die in a fire! <laughs> I hope you crash. But like, if that was if that person was like. If you were walking at the mall and they cut you off, you wouldn't say that. But there's something about being insulated Chris might. that that you're you're gonna say that. Well, that's what social media is for a lot of these people. You're you're insulated from actually having to face real human consequences for saying something mean. So some people just do. And and I don't know what I would if if I had a friend or a family member who was dealing with that, I would probably tell them don't even look at it. Like it's it's crazy. Well, it's it's kind of like it's. What do they always say with in, on social media? Don't read the comment section. Yeah. And I feel like that, especially for pro athletes, I feel like that's all it is. Is it's a comment. You either have people 
and, and maybe this is part of it too is you have these people fawning all over you you can't do anything wrong and then the, the opposite the other end that just want you to die so you have to some level maybe you get convinced you can't do wrong that is my all your whole life right yeah whole life you you have people like from the time you're a child in a lot of these cases you have people telling you how great you are and this is why i hate little league world series you become that it's on tv you become a professional and suddenly you're paired up with everybody else who is good and people will say you suck like Scorpion Mustafi is like, if you look at all of people, like in the fraction of 1% of soccer players. And yet Arsenal fans are telling him to die because he makes mistakes sometimes and gets weird about things. But it's, you know, it's there's a difference between, I guess, we need to replace this guy. He's not working out for our team. And. I hope this motherfucker dies. And I don't think a lot of people are, I don't think enough people are seeing that line anymore. It's like these people aren't even people. They're just things. It's like you're, you're, you're saying it to FIFA. Like you're playing FIFA and you're saying it. Like it's not, it's, and it's, it's creepy to me. And it it was like bothering me this week. And so that's why I hijacked your show, TJ, to talk about this topic. No, I, 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 it's a, it's a really, it's a valid, it's a very valid topic. And, um, it you're you're using it in the context of Arsenal, but you can go right down the line and with anything, yeah, with anything, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Arsenal is a little bit different right now in that there is because there are issues like around the atmosphere uh, surrounding the club that that make perhaps reactions around it a little different. I the the reason I think social media plays such a heavy um, part in it is not just kind of the stuff we we mentioned that you can say these things instantly. And they're just out there now, but that you can also find other people who did the same thing, and it it artif- it makes it sound it, it makes whatever you're feeling sound artificially more important, because you know the the, the sounding board that is this social media is resoundingly for or resoundingly against whatever the topic is. There there is no. There's no gray area. Everything's black and white. Everything's it's yes kind of no. the political climate Everything's, too. There, there's it, no. It is, and, and you know, I, I think, um, I, I think, you know, the fact that Donald Trump is so active on, um, on social media is is part of what makes him both, you know, so great to some people and so horrible yeah. to everyone yeah. else. Yeah. I, that, he, it's, it's, it's weird that it's social media, but it kind of it removes a layer of social media. Yeah, it it removes a layer of humanity, and 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 it it's literally. I mean, people forget to be human. Yeah, that's a valid point, Pat. I don't know if that's what you're what you were meaning by that, but at the same time, here but we that's are. That's what I mean. Yeah, it, it's you know what it's when, the car. It's the car example, right? You can yeah. you, you feel insulated. You can yell whatever you want. Yell your frustrations and your anxieties or whatever but you, you forget that you're if, if you're staring this person in the face you're probably not going to say it i don't even like i don't even understand like the hate like i if like i said i hate harry kane in a soccer sense or like i'll give you some, diego costa because like rafa marquez i think i actually do hate but <laughs> diego costa. and nigel de Jong and kevin prince boateng and probably diego costa Diego Costa is like as borderline for me as it gets. I wouldn't, if I saw him at the airport or something, I wouldn't go say anything to him. I might 
take a picture and go, hey, Chris, it's Diego Costa and text it to you. But I I wouldn't feel the need to go up to him and just say something. Like, I wouldn't, it wouldn't even cross my mind to do that. And yet, that's what people do, you know, die in a fire, Diego Costa. That's what people do on social media all the time. And I, it's, I, I think we're seeing players crack, and it's kind of sad. Well, what about Sergio Ramos? <laughs> <laughs> Where do him and Pepe fall into this? You know, <laughs> like he, he's a scumbag. Don't be wrong, as as is uh, Pepe, but um, not Arsenal like, Pepe. It, yes, yes, not Nicola Pepe. Um, but I guess it's that. Ramos has always um, he's always been lesser to me, I think, because it was like Real Madrid. Right. So, you know, like they weren't stomping on Messi and like beating them so that I could get angry about that. They weren't necessarily doing this to any of my other teams to be like to have to have a, a visceral hatred there. So it's more like, yeah, you're a scumbag, but like you don't affect me enough to to matter, sort of. Okay. All right, fair enough. So like, to take, uh, like, like I will say, um, Rafa Marquez, Nigel Young, and Kevin Prince Boateng are all for things they've done to US players during their games. And then other things they've also done beyond that. But like the 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 you reason really... they're all like top of my list are are right there. Diego Costa is essentially the same thing for things he did to Arsenal, uh, both in things that like should have gotten him thrown out of games, but then the fact that he didn't, and then he got the score too, and it's like you fucking yeah. scumbag. No, hey, I did. I did have a moment where I, when Shawcross broke his leg earlier this year, I was very very happy about that, and I had to explain to my my son. I'm like. <laughs> I don't ever cheer for anybody to get injured. You would for Mar- again, Marquez snapped one of my favorite players' legs. Yeah, did that well, you did, you did, and then like and I don't know, your team, your team made a joke out of it. And yeah. It's like, oh well. Yeah. So. Sometimes karma does come back around, and and that is enjoyable. All right. To keep it on the seeing, I you know we haven't talked about Arsenal in a while, and it's taken the first. 20 minutes of the show up so far it wasn't really about arsenal though. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, or marginally but now i now i want to see if i can get an arsenal what kind of so the consensus is emery needs to go at this point even yeah, though yeah. you know it's funny the first couple of weeks were like hey maybe you figured it out we we're you guys were excited about arsenal doing our good good arsenal things that you hadn't seen in a while it was like hey they hit the transfer market well and then the wheels fell off so now and it's it does seem like emery has lost the team i I don't watch him nearly as close as you, but I, I, I can, I'm not, I know enough that I can tell it seems like the players have tuned him out. And this is the same argument, and this is kind of with the fire why I always say that that's why Panovich stays, is that team, he hasn't lost the team. I think the difference is Emery has lost the team. So, but my question is, one, Jose Mourinho lobbying oh for the position. I, yeah. I don't. I can't take it seriously when he does stuff like that. Like, I, I, I the thing guess is, when I he does this, where... he always ends up getting the job that he's lobbied. Yeah, because he lobbied for Manchester United. Yeah, and that that and that was my thought. But he's he also was lobbied at he's the also... game last weekend with Raúl. But he also lobbied for that for the job for that team in San Antonio. So, 
and I don't mean at San Antonio FC. So it's, but it seems different with Arsenal. Well, I, I guess you if know, you're asking, would I want this? <laughs> it's sort <laughs> of like making a deal with the devil. You have a very good chance at winning something in the very short term, but if you don't, and even if you do, it's going to be long term. It's going to end horribly. Yeah. And within just a couple years, and <clears throat> what happens after that? Like, see, like Chelsea's been of, able to withstand it twice. Now, we, I don't know that Arsenal's equipped to withstand it. Yeah, there's definitely like that was kind of going to be my my comment was, okay, let's say he comes in. Now, first of all, I don't know that I would b- believe he could ever do it because I don't think the club is ready to hand over that kind of. Um, control to a manager ever again that's what they're trying to go maybe ever but yeah yeah um you know he 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 comes in he wants to make like wholesale changes and he shits on the players he has until he gets the 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 guys he wants and sometimes he shits on those guys too but he he destroys the players he has until he gets the players he wants and come on arsenal just made a big signing you know, like made made a, a signing that shocked everyone. We'd have to like make five of those probably to to truly like meet Jose's demands, and 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 to not have him then like shitting on us in public too, which I guess could be entertaining, but whatever. I, that, that's where it gets into the. I don't see the point in continuing that line of thought because it just doesn't. Everything about it seems so. Um, unlikely that, that I, I just can't see it ever happening. But the other problem becomes, and I guess this is the part that, that I'll, I will talk about. Okay, let's say he comes in. Let's say it works out. But in three years, he's destroyed everything. There's no way Arsenal has or would spend the money to fix it. So, right. so what's up then? You know, what, what happens after that? And that... And that- and that's and that's a valid point. And that's well. And the only thing I, I saw I saw something today, and I w- I wish I could credit who I saw it with, but the, it fascinated me. Was the thing that Arsenal sucks at is defending, and that's what Jose teams, especially when he feel he feels they're outmatched, is they defend well. And yeah. maybe that's one of the and that that was the only whoever was writing this was the only re- positive they saw out of Jose coming in was. You teach them how to defend, and they would have that part down. The like, if I if I have to give the guy some credit, and I guess the only thing that's willing to uh, that would allow me to give him credit because I I, I dislike him so much uh, is he's just been so good as a commentator. Like that dude is amazing. It, it's it's sort of like um, Tony Romo uh, sure. for the NFL, where it's like. He's dissecting what's happening live, effectively, and he can explain it to you in a way that makes sense. And it's like, oh yeah, I see exactly what he's getting at. I see exactly how this went wrong. And you know, whether you knew it or not, you you see exactly you, like you you see why this guy can do the things he does. But um, so so I, I it's given me a newfound respect for him, or any kind of respect for him. There's but, that. <laughs> There's um, that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, oh man, uh, he's just such a dick. Like a, a part of me doesn't, part of me doesn't believe that he would really want the Arsenal job. 
that he just kind of wants it to sort of screw over Arsene Wenger, you know, just because it would burn Arsene Wenger so badly. So it's like, does he actually want to come coach this team or does he just want to, it, it, it's sort of like, sort of like my take on like Donald Trump didn't want to be president. He just wanted to like win the election so he could get more attention. I kind of feel like, I kind of feel yeah. like that's what Jose wants. You know, it's, it's not about him uh, wanting to coach this team or work for this club or you know, lead these players. It's just about him wanting to get one over on this guy that he can't stand and who, who he knows can't stand him. And I, I to me, I, I, like it, it's another part of like, I can't see the club doing that. Like they've done a lot of things to, to um, wash so, themselves clean of Arsene Wenger, sure. but I just, I can't see them like, essentially shitting on on his memory you know like he, the, the guy did a lot of bad things to arsenal but i don't think he deserved like we're just like we're gonna do like a, an, a roman emperor and just scratch his name off of all all the uh, all the all the all the um, uh all the his... walls and 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 uh, yeah all, all, all of history every historical document we have um, but what i was going to say was before i got off track there like the one thing that that gives me, um, like the the one positive, I guess, that I could I'll give him uh, is that it would probably mean we see Lucas Torreira play more, and I can't stand that that dude can't get into the game more. And sure. I, will play I, more I love I love that little guy, and I is I it, don't want I'm I'm afraid he's going to leave Arsenal because Unai Emery isn't using him properly and and isn't using him enough. Is um, it? Is it safe to say that Emery is dead man walking at this point? If he is, then I, they should make the move now. And and I don't think it's Jose that they should go to. But no, I I don't. I realistically, I don't think it is. I I'm kind of going with a, like a bigger picture. It to me, we talked about the. I recall when we talked about Arsenal at the beginning of the season. You guys mentioned how it was. Um, it's Josh Kroenke, right? Is it seems mm-hmm. like he's taken more of a control a control of the of. Yeah, he does side. seem like he cares. And if he's doing it, was Emery really his guy to begin with? Well, there was always a thought that because they wanted to blow up the structure of, of management, where previously Arsene Wenger controlled basically everything, if they wanted to get their front office straight, they needed a coach, not a manager, but like just a coach. Sure. To coach the team, and that's it. And then when that... It would be an easy guy to fire... And it would be a guy who could basically was just a caretaker until they got to the next stage. Well, they've got their front office sorted out now. Okay. So it, it, it seems like he's expendable. It's they only, I guess it's only 6 million pounds that they'd have to pay to get out of the deal with him, which, you know, Arsenal's cheap, but I think they can afford that in the grand scheme of things. If it means making the champions league or not, where well, you're going to get a lot more than that. So, yeah, um, and, and I was going to say, and realistically, at this point, Arsenal is nothing more than a, per, a perennial Europa side that may sneak into the Champions League here and there. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. And it, it's tough for us to face that, but that's true. It's crazy. We were one of the best teams in Europe in the, what, 14 years ago. And now yeah. it's slowly degraded to this, where and, we're Everton with a little yeah. bit more prestige and, and name power. But if, you look, if you're looking at if you're looking at the the top four right now, I don't. I mean, the top two are gone. Yeah, and I don't see us 
overtaking, and we play them soon, Leicester City, the way they're playing right now, they're back. Yep. Or uh, Frank Lampard's kids, including the I'm, American one. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to this Wolves game on Saturday. No, well, I, and you, and yeah. you're not even, and you guys aren't even counting that the other team in North, that other team in North London. I mean, and I mean, and they're they're not they're not what they were last year, obviously. No, because they're another one that place should be. They're another one that should be there that will be in the mix at some point. I don't yeah. know that they will. Well, Man United, we, I don't think will be this year. No, I, I think they I, both. That was my that was my prediction. That's going to fall flat on its face. The, I thought the the one thing I'll say about United though is um, they'll at least spend the money they need to come January, especially if MBS buys them. Is that the uh, what's that? It, who's who's looking to buy him? Uh, the crown Muhammad prince of the Saudi bin... royal family. Oh, is that, is that the new rumor? Yeah, they're gonna kill really? the journalists that are critical of them. Yeah, well, there's that. We are Saudi. Very Trump will cover it up for him, so it's okay. Yeah, it's true. Well, I was gonna say, do you really see see them? They've ha- they've had enough chances to be sold, and I, they haven't done it yet. That's why I'm wondering why that would happen now. I mean, I thought there was. They're... Eventually, I would think. If if there's enough money to be made on the sale, it'll happen. I mean, yeah, but the, gla- the Glazers have, the Glazers have been often offered tons. I mean, more more yeah. than over the yeah, years. but like when oil money comes in, like there there there's a number that I'm sure they have it. They have that. They well, have but they had. I mean, the other the previous ones were Chinese money, and that's yeah, you know, it's good money. Exactly, and and legit and legit money. I mean, where it was coming from. So, and that's why I was surprised, like, why would MBS get any further than the Chinese consortiums that were looking to buy them five years ago? The Glazers just don't, like, seem like they're interested in selling, and frankly, I really don't blame them. They've pretty much, they put a ton of money in to buy it, leveraged the hell out of it in debt. It seems like it's going away, and it's, you know, yeah, the profit on it's going to be the sale. I mean, all all this debt that they have... They write it off every year in their taxes. I mean, it, it's it's doable, and that's why they do it. And if they ever go belly up, all the debt is on the franchise. It's not on them personally, so it's it's a harmless thing. So, uh, so so we've covered that. Do we want to talk about Sergino Dest? I mean, seeing we you guys were US Fan TV at one point. I think the uh, Christian Pulisic news is more exciting than Sergino Dest to me, but. Here's the thing. I'll give you. I'll give you Sergino Dest in like two sentences or three sentences for me. Yeah, it's cool. He only came here because he sees the competition as being too great for the Netherlands left back position. I'm guessing, and we didn't make him. He did play for us recently, but we didn't make him. We didn't create him. He didn't. And and so, I'll take him. I think he'll be good, and that in, from like a getting a player standpoint, that's pretty exciting. But it doesn't speak to the larger picture of who we're creating as a country. So, and with that, I'm going to let the dog out. I mean, right it's, it's it's exciting that that he's chosen us, and that he's another um, quality, young, quality, young. and, and quali- yeah, quality up and coming prospect. Um, the problem is we keep adding these prospects but we keep getting worse well and um, how many but how many of these prospects have you really and again well, um sarakin sarakin gave him a run at least sarakin gave him a run out they're not triple g isn't isn't running I, them out. I was i was gonna say um 
it was sort of my that was sort of my segue to I think the real problem is sort of like our discussion just a couple minutes ago we just have the wrong coach and um, that's val- and that's that's incredibly valid I I you know I I was one of the big ones backing Triple G not going to lie about that sometimes you're just wrong about things and me I'm probably wrong more times than I'm right but it's fair but. I, I the one thing I will give Triple G and Ernie Stewart credit for is for everything the U.S. has done wrong in recruiting players in the past, they got this one right. They were there, and I wonder how much of a positive effect Ernie Stewart had in this case. Yeah, I mean, you you brought that up, uh, I think, on the last one, and and I, I think it's a good point. Um, you know, having it, well, it, it's sort of it's sort of like we always said about. Um, Klinsman uh, with with Germans, you know, he having someone who kind of shares your background, speaks your language, uh, knows a lot of the drivers, like the the things that will that will sell you, knows how to, you know, knows what to say and how to say it to you, um, goes a long way. It's part of the reason we're losing so many. Um, kids to to Mexico is we don't have the guys who who can do that or the guys we do would rather go coach at Mexico for Mexico. Well, I was gonna I was because, gonna say because we're idiots. Well, and and the the word the idiots part is exactly right. It's not that we don't they're not available. We don't want them, which seems to be the disturbing part of that. Yeah. Um. I mean. Was it was it Hugo Perez? Was that the you know mm-hmm. the one could was a was a great voice about? And there's a lot of other ones out there that could fill there. I you 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 would think if you wanted to keep for scouting, you'd bring someone like Herc Gomez in. I mean, he knows a thing or two about the game. Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah, but be, he's probably making more about more from TV than he would be as a scout. True and. I, I, don't, I don't think U.S. soccer wants, to, I don't think the people there want to be told that they're wrong or that there's a different idea out there or there's a different opinion. I don't think they like hearing certainly, that's certainly outside what, criticism. Uh, they, what they, the uh, reviews of them as an employer right. are. Yeah, they, they don't want to be told that, that there's something else out there. They want it to be <laughs> as insular as possible. And, and yeah, I think, I think Sergino Dest fell to us. I think it was a, he, he weighed his options and one was maybe I can crack this Netherlands squad. And the other was, I could definitely start for the U S and, and maybe do what Christian Pulisic does for Chelsea or, or did for Borussia Dortmund. I could do that for Ajax and be American star Sergino Dest. Although I don't think it works as well because he's American by passport, but not American by, you know, My like birth. culture, you know? So um, he's American. He's as his sure. dad's a serviceman, so he's as American as we are, but um, not from. We, a I, I disagree. I, neither one of us are as American as Chris. It, it doesn't. American. He is all American. He he really is. I am a real I, American. I feel like I feel like though. Every man. And and we were talking about you know we, it, Ernie Stewart. I think the other part was he he has played for the U.S. all the way through the youth levels as he's gone. Yeah, that's and that and I figured that that had to be a factor as well. So you factor that in, and that they did recruit him right was they got to keep Sergino Dest, and thank goodness for that. Um, so 
we've got Camp Cupcake Light, I guess we want to call it. It's all the MLS guys who need something to do for a little bit get called you know what? 20 we of them. We can make fun of this all we want, but it's a good idea. It, it absolutely is. I, I, I was, Why not? I, they're, they're yeah, done yeah I mean, they got nothing better to do. They definitely need the time together. Um, and, and one of hey. and one of the complaint the one of the complaints is Burhalter's trying to put in way too technical of a system for a national team. Well, here's a chance to keep working. If you're going to keep forcing a system on parts that don't work, at least you're getting them together. So, um, so it's a t- it's of course a- you're you're still doing it with a number of guys who. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know. <laughs> It's all it's all MLS guys. I, it's all Giazzi, MLS guys. Giazzi's cool. I I, I, I I love the guy. I love Giazzi, but like he's not he's not good enough. Is to this make a joke it. at this point? With that call up, like I realize this is a twenty man MLS roster. It's a camp, it's a camp cupcake. It's but a camp cupcake it, roster without anybody from Seattle. Camp crab cake. Is Greg kidding? At this point, with Jassy's artists, like why? Why? I'm, I, I have more, you guys, for all your dislike of Zardis, I have less of a problem with Zardis than I do with Will Trap. You know what? Uh, yeah, he, at least Zardis next can score on his face. He was next on my notes. I was, <laughs> I just hadn't gotten to Will Trap yet. Will Trap isn't uh, scoring goals with his face. Uh, I was, yeah, I didn't see Messi <laughs> score any goals with his face. No, no. I saw that amazing free kick. I didn't see him score of his face. Um. Yeah, like, yeah, Will Trap was going to be my next point. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like that Nick Lima and Aaron Long are on there. I still can't decide if they're not good enough or if we're not good enough to use them effectively. You know, it's, like, if, if we've just been such crap that unless you are Greg sort of a Christian star Pulisic. already in, in, the, in the making, like, you can't look good in these games either. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I was just going to say, like, Polisic didn't look fantastic in the last game, you know. Um, I I don't know if I, I I don't know what to say about this, you know. It, it just seems to me that um, the 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 guys he's calling, we we know them and we know what they offer, and I don't know that it's good enough. But then there are guys like you know, Lima and Long, where it's like I don't know, are they good enough? I I I I can't tell. Like, are they good enough? But it's like, such a they, small like, sample are, size. And it's so fucked up when we do play. Yeah. That it is hard to tell sometimes. Like, sometimes you're just like, yeah, Will Trapp and Jesse's artists, I've seen enough of them. But sometimes it's hard to tell, at least right away. And I don't I don't know that I have a great feel for, for either of those guys. Like, it, it, you know, we'll find out, I suppose. Well, you know, the, I, the, other, the other one I, I find a little bit interesting. Okay, Brad Guzan, Sean Johnson. Yep. But Matt Turner, not Bill Hamid. For me, yeah, that... I, is Hamid done? With the national team? I, I kind of like, especially for that third goalkeeper spot, since they're not probably going to play, I, I, I do kind of like bringing in a new guy here and there. You know, a third guy on an all-MLS roster, I would think is certainly not going to be when you get Zach Steffen in or whoever. It, it's They're not going to be on the actual game roster. So rotate those spots a little bit, maybe. Sure. I, I'm fine with it. Okay. I, like I said... Uh, I mean, I don't know. We're all another guy. We were. I mean, it's, it wasn't Gideon's Zalalem levels, but it was a guy we were very excited to get, and then we haven't used. So, but he. I mean, is he getting? I didn't think he's getting full minutes in Dallas anymore either. Which is maybe I don't know. But I mean, has, has he been injured for two years? I I haven't followed him closely enough. 
I know he's been injured off and on. That's been part of it. But yeah, he's he's never broken through that through there. Um, and it seems like Zach Steffen's the only one outside that they're bringing in anymore. Yeah. And and Brad Guzan's isn't he like a thousand years old? Mm-hmm. But he's younger I'm, than all of us. That doesn't. But that's that. That's becoming. That's a pretty common thing at this point. I don't have. I I, I don't have huge problems with Guzan. Like, I I do kind of feel like since we have guys who you know are are coming up and, and we're sort of wiping the slate clean that there's not a lot of need for him, but. He plays the ball well, and he has talent. He had, I, I think, if not for bad luck in England uh, for like two seasons straight, that I think hurt a lot of a lot of things around him, and I think kind of changed the narrative about him. Which then, you know, even after he came to MLS, he sort of, I, I don't think he, it's not like he was awesome or anything, but. I think it hurt his confidence, like what, what happened in, in England. But I think also because the narrative on him became, oh, he's shit. Then people started picking on him as like, oh, see, yeah, that, you uh, know, he, and, he, he, and that's, he would have made that's, it. He's not as good as, as, uh, as Howard. Howard would have made that save. And it's like for like the, the Maybe Kazan would have made that save in, in Trinidad. Well, see, what, that's kind of what I was getting at. It was like the last <laughs> year or two of Tim Howard. I wanted Guzan because yeah. Guzan played the ball better with his feet anyway. Like Howard, Howard was spot on with his throws. Like anything within his half, that guy could like drop a dime. Um, but with, with his arm, uh, his, his foot play was shit. But, um, you know, he was losing his speed because of his age. And that's what reaction keepers need. Guzan was more textbook. Um, but then kind of, you know, things didn't look good. He didn't look good in England. But I think a lot of that was he was in a terrible situation uh, twice. And and that's and Chris, that's actually really fair. Is I I kind of forgot about that. Is even as recent as the last World Cup, you know, and the 2014 World Cup. I remember even to myself thinking maybe Guz, you know, like Guzan, almost like Friedel coming in for Casey Keller in Korea, Japan. Mm-hmm. That type of situation with Guzan, because at that point Guzan was. He was every bit of Tim Howard at that point. Yeah, I mean, and, and Tim Howard was great in in Brazil. Don't get me wrong, I'm not, but there was that kind of that thought in the back of my head. There's always the Belgium game, <laughs> right? And, and then, but the, you're right. Then the narrative changed on him when he had when he struggled in England, and he, then pretty he, he had got, back he, he had back to back relegated teams, and you know, like I, I think he got he got kind of shit on for that, but it was like, look. He, he was too good for this team that got relegated because the team was shit. So he went to another team, but he was too good for that team too. And you can't help getting shelled when you were, when you play for shit teams. Sure. Like, you know, you, you goalies, I think look, um, either look unfairly better or unfairly worse when they play for, for shitty teams. Cause it's like play for a shitty team and you make a couple of exceptional saves, you may look better than, than, than reality, but you know, have a couple games where you, where you get shelled seven, eight, nothing or something. And they're going to say you're shit because you let in seven or eight goals. And it's like, yeah, but there was no one to stop any of the shots. Like you know, th- this is where the rest of the team should have taken blame. And part of it was, you know, it's teams like Middlesbrough and who the hell in the U S pays, pays attention to Middlesbrough other than to go, Oh, look, he got fucking hammered again. 
Um, not realizing that Middlesbrough was garbage. Yeah, kind of. Well, at least I, so, garbage by Premier League standards. And I know anybody, well, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the whole bro rel gave, well, they would destroy everybody in MLS. Yep, got it. Sure. Anyway, yeah. my, my, my point was just, I think Guzan got a lot of unfair, okay. um, uh, get, get an unfair negative narrative about him. Um, or, or, you know, was too heavily swayed to, to the negative. Um, and I, I'm not saying he didn't earn some of it. I don't think it's completely unfair because I, I do think by the end of like his time at Middlesbrough, um, and the fact that they weren't totally trusting him either, I think all that had kind of shot mm-hmm. his confidence. And, and I, I don't think that he came into MLS looking like a superstar as maybe he was intended to. Um, but no, oh, but and he's he's not he's not a designated player like Tim, you know, like Tim Howard was. I mean, he's, we shouldn't always we shouldn't always need our goalies to save sixteen shots in a in a World Cup game. Either. Hey, if you're you know, if you're like, if you're you don't, you don't if have you're, to be the guy who makes sixteen saves. But if you're playing Will Trap, you better be ready for it. <laughs> I, I I just I, I'd like to finish with you know with the men U.S. men on that point. Um, so the women hire Vladko. Andonovsky, I'm gonna, I'm sure yeah. I killed like, killed that name, but um, it seems like for as much as U.S. Soccer screwed up the the men, they got this one right. Yeah, this is the guy that everybody likes, and he's incredibly well respected. Uh, like a lot of the players, I, I think it was easy for them to to come up with his name because he was suggested by so many of the players. The only thing that I think is funny is, and I don't know this. But it's it's pure wild speculation here. He's probably making a ton more than Jill Ellis was, so they hired a man to come in and gave him probably a lot more money than they were the two hundred fifty k they were giving Jill Ellis before she left. At at the time there, <laughs> exactly in in a lawsuit in multiple lawsuits. I yeah. can and, almost guarantee they've done this. And and now they uh, and and of course they would because it's U.S. soccer like. Why wouldn't why wouldn't they screw something else up? It's like, not that he's the wrong. Keep making fault. yourself look. It does good. seem no. as if no, it's from everybody. Like, it's that even when they players. make the right call, they yeah. do it in the wrong way. Exactly, exactly. So. Um, you know, right? Like like how they're asking now for um, uh, all the financial information on the twenty eight women who are suing them for like the last five years or something, because basically they want to prove that they're. That's- that's They're part, paying I mean, that, them more than 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 they than like these women would earn on the open market, essentially. But that's lawyers. Um, that's lawyers doing their job. Oh, I, I, sure. No, no. I, I I don't disagree with it because I, I think they actually. I, I I think what they're doing is proving their point. I, I just think that this is what they should have done probably this in the beginning. Still be going they, on. Yeah, they shouldn't. They shouldn't have you know, screwed around for so long. And, and let this play out and make themselves look bad for so long and then go about the money. Like, do the money up front. So they have to, you, you have to make this argument on a level playing field. At this point, you let the world stack the deck against you effectively because you kept making poor PR moves. And now you went to, to what your whole argument was anyway. So it's like you let everyone, you, you, you let yourselves look terrible, look like, like you don't care about the women's team. If and 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 now you get down to to say the brass tacks of it, and it's like if you'd just gone there in the first place, maybe this would have all been settled a year ago, before the World Cup, before <laughs> before they were able to like you know 
go win a World Cup and go see, pay us. That made you look even worse as an organization. If I was, I know they're based in Chicago, so maybe they do operate like a Chicago entity. But if I were (laughs) reporting on this issue, um, the number of, of lawsuits that U.S. soccer has and with how ridiculously dragged out so many of them are, I would, I do think somebody should look at who's defending them and what is their connection to U.S. soccer. And is somebody just trying to get a buddy a bunch of that <laughs> just getting surplus they're sitting on? Yeah. And that's that would be how it would work in in some yeah. crappy suburb of Chicago that was involved in a three year lawsuit where you know the mayor's buddy was representing the city, and then this the, you know the, then he was donating a bunch of money back to the mayor's campaign fund and and taking the mayor out for dinners and all this sorts of thing. This would be how it would work. Their lawyer is Matt Burhalter, the Burhalter we didn't know about. <laughs> By the way, I do wonder, and I, I know he listens, so I'll ask this out loud. Is the Greg Burhalter parody account Alex? That's I huh. feel like I feel like Bert Smoker? One, I think it's Alex. I feel like it's Alex. Bert Smoker? I, yeah. I feel like this is a huh. show we I feel like there's that's somebody we need to have on the show. We need to have Alex on at some point. You should have. He caught Sam Kerr's shoe. We haven't he talked did. about that. Yeah. You know what's gonna happen now? Do you know what happens after Alex meets high-profile soccer players? They sign with Chelsea. So <laughs> see her, say goodbye to her because she's going to Chelsea now, just like Christian Pulisic did right after he met him. Um, so that's but, his pull. That's what he does. Is that a done deal yet, though? I, no, I, but she's not going to take $46,000 to come back, and she's not playing in Australia this offseason which is a pretty good indication to me that she may be going to England, but we'll see. Maybe she's got, maybe they, they're working something out. I hope they can keep it. They just did not. What was it? Um, Kim McCauley had, had something with that, with the whole thing of that. The owners are basically taking over running the the league from us soccer. And it sounds like they're doing things to try to prevent things like Sam Kerr going to Chelsea, where they can spend on her like they do with, where the like you said, the max she can make is forty six thousand dollars a year, and yet um, here they're looking at it. They're trying to get where she can get paid a lot closer to what the like the U.S. women, like the Megan Rapinos and you know, and and those types are are, are getting paid. And hey, and all you know what I feel like, and and the one of the main points of of Kim's article was the bump from the Women's World Cup is finally there. You're seeing the bump and. It's, it feels different this time. It doesn't feel like this one's going away. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I can speak for you and I personally. It, it, we went to games. Sure. I followed them all the way through. I watched the final, unfortunately, um, which kind of sucked for Chicago. I was happy for Heather O'Reilly, I guess. But um, Yeah, Chicago but- got... Chicago got jack stomped. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, but, but they made the final. It was one of those where it's like it was a, such a good season. It's hard to to really get that upset about losing and, one off. But um, but yeah, I, will I go next year? Probably. I'll probably go to some games next year. So and I, I did not go to any after the 2015 World Cup. I thought about sure. it. It was I'm like I looked into it, and then it just didn't happen. So right. Um, this- yeah. So I think the bump is real, and. It's still not 
it's except in Portland, it's still not MLS levels. But they're, they're at what they're they're adding a team this year that'll be what is yeah. it Sac- Sacramento is that going to be I think it's Louisville and Sacramento Louisville Louisville is strongly rumored no Louisville has already been announced but they're 2021 I believe oh okay and I thought I saw and again this is I'd have to this is referencing Kim they're looking at I think and the rumored is Sacramento will start one in 2020 Louisville and one more will come in in 21 2021 and then there'll be two more in 2022 is is what I'm is the I know what kinds of markets they're focusing on but i kind of think that southern california needs a team so i hope that well that's they... lafc is supposed to be one of them okay then that, that that's looking at it. it lafc is one of is yeah they're i know they're and i think it'd be great for lafc i think that'd be a, a great thing to do and the fact that the galaxy never did really kind of is irritating in that sense that they but hey is i agree southern california needs to have one um and they say Louisville, I think, is a good market. Oh, it's in, FC Cincinnati is another one looking at, is, that's in the running, supposedly being looked at. So you're looking at these newer money MLS sites coming in that are opening up these new stadiums that they control the revenue. Hey, why not get more dates in your own park and, and make some money on it? Yeah. I mean, l- let's face it. What The Red Stars three years ago were playing in Lyle at Benedictine. Mm-hmm. And what was the 10,000 in the playoff game? They had 17,000 earlier this year. My guess is the five, you know, instead of 2,500, 3,000 that you saw at the beginning of this year, I think it's going to be five, 6,000 next year. I realistically think that's, especially with the fire moving into the city, I think you're going to grab a little, you're going to grab at least a small piece like me of the suburban market that just doesn't want to go into the city every time. So I could see that being, you know, somewhere as well. By the way, speaking of the fire, their, their plan is very clearly to drop ticket prices incredibly low to fill that place, which is, I think a good idea. I I was, I was, that's where I was going to transition it to is I did. I went and got red stars. I got two season tickets for red stars next year. I bet I've had fire season tickets since 20 and Kate. And I got asked my, my Katie asked me yesterday. My wife asked me, do you regret it? Because the fire, what through December 2nd, $25 for any ticket. And twelve something for kids tickets. It's half price for kids under twelve, and then twenty five dollars per game for for adults anywhere in the stadium. You could get four club seats if two of them are for kids for like a grand. Which is what I paid. Which is what I paid for my two tickets. Now you've you sat where I sat. I I had great seats at, in Bridgeview for for fire games and yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking about it and I didn't anticipate that, but. The only difference is, is I don't know if parking is going to be included, and that's going to eat up. That's going to put the rest of it right back up at what I was paying before. Uh, they're going to have to clear that up right away. Yeah, and, and this, they and may be subsidized because parking is going to be Chicago Park District rates too. So we'll find out. But yeah. I don't think I'm going to do it. And I, I, and I say that because I can only get to about four games a year, so I don't want to have to have tickets for everything. So yeah, maybe and maybe that's one. We'll. It's not hard to get tickets to the four that you want to go see. No, and you won't pay $25 a ticket either. I, I um No, I mean I might even pay less, but it, it for the really good seats I won't I wouldn't be able to get them for that cheap, but to get in the building type tickets I could probably get them for less. Sure. We'll see. But but that you, we've been to that stadium before. There's not terrible seats in it. No. So, I mean it it looks Compared to old Soldier Field, it looks like a mothership. They are treating it like in their, hey, come see the sight lines at Soldier Field. Like, no one's ever been to Soldier Field. 
Like I've still been to Soldier Field more times than I've been to Bridgeview. I, I am on the other side of that, but I'm probably more unique there because I don't see any purpose to going to Soldier Field because I, I did see US. I did see the men's. I saw the Gold Cup there, and that yeah, that between Gold what, Cup and big pro teams and the Bears and concerts. Why Why would I ever want to go see the Bears? I actually like football, so. <laughs> you got you got nothing on that one. I dude. really have no answer to that. <laughs> Sadly enough, and Chris is just sitting this one out because he's like, nope, don't need to. <laughs> so, but I, I I give the fire credit for all the things that they screwed up in Bridgeview. It seems like they they're off to a good start and with. And they're going to have a new logo in the next two weeks. Yeah, and it will be blue, but the shield is pretty blue. So, well, it, yeah, it sounds like what they're going to be Navy next year. Is that the idea? Yeah. And they, they hired away one of the really smart uh, marketing people from the Red Stars to go help. Them I with- saw I saw that that was a, that was a great move on their part. Yeah. Is it, yeah. Um, a lot. I don't know. This this has been since, I you know, these last couple of weeks have been a lot. Sa- Sacramento's got, you know, they were they were announced finally. Long since overdue that one, so um, good for them, right? Yeah, yeah. They finally got their. So, so is that twenty? Is that twenty nine? Is that what we're counting? I literally, I can't keep it straight. No, it's I can't. Somewhere around there. Yeah. So I mean, because I thought there's like one Miami other and Nashville, and I still don't understand why they haven't tapped the Phoenix market yet, being so big and ha- having a having a location. Yeah, they need to build a stadium. Their pop ups. Stadium is fine for USL, but yeah, they'd need to build one, and I'm guessing they probably put a roof on it. It's it's the same question that Sacramento always had: Are the pockets deep enough to invest? Not only you, you got to realize it's what it's by the time you buy buy your franchise and build your stadium, it's a half billion dollars at this point because I mean, the buy-in is what almost is a two it's two fifty to buy in now. Plus, you're looking at a stadium, and those stadiums are. Any stadium worth anything is going to be 200, 250 million too. So that's a half. Are they deep enough pockets that way? I know Charlotte is, and that's why you always hear Charlotte because, and he's got, and in that interim, they have that stadium ready. Right. The only thing I heard with Phoenix, I thought was a, an interesting take out of, because being a fan of Phoenix Rising, I get to see a lot of the takes that they have on how they're, what they could do is if the Diamondbacks ever try to get go and get a new park, take that park and turn it into an MLS park. Chase Field, which is in the which is downtown. So that could be done. That's that could Portland be in that big what's that? That's what Portland did. They turned a baseball stadium into a soccer stadium. And that's and Chase Field is downtown Phoenix. So I mean it's although soccer there seems like it's more Scotts it's more of a Scottsdale than probably downtown Phoenix type thing, but It'd be a good avenue. So, and on that note, where it's what it's 62 minutes, so I just said we're going to try and keep these in an hour. So we're going to wrap this one up. This is the Mini Van Dad Soccer Pod. It can be found on on what on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. So I think it's is there any any of those I'm missing, or I think I've got all those now. Uh, we've got Hat Guy Pat. We've got Conspiracy Chris, who's been relatively conspiracy free tonight. Kind of disappointing. I am not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we made up calling you the soccer Breitbart. Well, yeah, you made it up. <laughs> well, I made it up, but there's a reason for it. There's not it. It's not a good conspiracy if you're not backing it. I mean, nothing like that. So anyway, so that said, at Mini Van Dab Pod.
Pat got Pat. Those two you can find on US Fan TV. One of them's usually running that site. It's Chris usually. It's usually Chris. It's, it's, it is you, Pat. You give you've given up on US Fan TV altogether. I don't think about it much anymore. I, I miss doing like the actual like being on camera and the the insane comments we would get and stuff. I do miss doing that. <clears throat> so maybe we should, in our free time here, try to get something try to get a new way of doing that so we could go back to doing it uh especially you know when qualifying starts it would be fun to do again but but yeah i i don't uh i was obsessed with building it for a while and then i youtube kind of ruined that for me so youtube or google play or a little bit of both youtube well youtube or google hangouts i guess that was yeah it, it was well it's, they're the same thing and then um at that going away, and then the the team missing the World Cup really put a damper on things too. So, <sighs> but screwing uh, everything up subsequent to that too. What's that, Chris? And then screwing everything up like that followed as well. Yeah, yeah, the dumpster fire that is the Chicago offices. Although, Pat, don't we have to play nice with them considering they kind of are going to give us coaching licenses in a couple weeks? Uh they are. Yeah. I'm, hey, they took your money. That's a contract. I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about that. We'll see what we can learn there and and see how good it is. And I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show. I'm sure You're, we will. But yeah. you got to you, you spending a, the day with me. You might regret that one when it's all said and done. No. Actually, I'm sure you will. But DeKalb is lovely this time of year too. <laughs> so, I guess we're gonna finish because it is a Halloween show. What's the best Halloween candy? Reese's peanut butter cup. That's correct. That's the correct answer. Um, I would also, if you said Kit Kat or Snickers, I would accept either of those as being the best. But Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is the actual best. And I would have said, uh, now see, I'm not, I'm not a chocolate guy, so I would have probably said Skittles, Starburst, something like that. But um, Oh, God, that's not the right way to go. But it's yeah, not. So I'm gonna I'll tell you what the worst thing. is. When we were kids, they were those little waxy balls there were black ones and there were orange ones and it was this like sort of shit sort of like paste inside this gut like it no the worst the worst is candy corn i have no that, idea what you're talking about i know i know what he's talking about but candy corn is the worst that, candy that, corn that, sucks especially like they would they used to throw it loose in your bag like i like remember got that, yeah. aids and germs all over it and stuff and that's not like in this day and age you know what my wife did tonight do you know what she did? This is very 80s, and I think we still have to do this, but she did the razor blade check. <laughs> Remember when they, there was that made-up thing that people were putting razor blades yes. in Halloween candy, so we all have to check? So she checked. She checked the kids' candy tonight, made sure that there was no AIDS or razor blades. or. You're really making me going to have to go edit this, aren't you? <laughs> no. No AIDS? <laughs> I don't mean literally AIDS. I mean like there's not a hypodermic needle sticking out of the, the full size Snickers. You know, like I don't really think that he's they're gonna get HIV from Halloween candy. But it, I'm I'm you know, is there any? Did somebody dump chlorine in there or something? Yeah, I, no one did. It looked like it's all there's some weird people out there, man. Though like there was there was one last year that was giving out used toys. Like, what are you doing? And they, they weren't like there. It wasn't their trash. It's like they went to Goodwill and bought all the old toys. And then like, you get it at your sketch, son. Like, you know, what are you doing? They were knockoffs. It was itch a scratch or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My favorite is um, 
I, I saw this on Twitter from Luigan Bird, and I thought it was awesome. In this, be careful out there tonight with people contaminating candy. Last year, Ewan went for, went through his through his uh, trick or treat bag, and someone snuck two Chicago Fire season tickets in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a burden right there. That yeah, I mean, be careful. It might you know might vandalize them and give you give them two more you know, but. And on that note, this is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Chris or Pat, any good final thoughts? Uh, I would like to, last uh, weekend, I felt all the different uh, motions that soccer could bring. I, I would like to point this out real quick. Uh, okay. We talked about the Arsenal game made me angry. I felt cheated. The Red Stars game made me sad, but also kind of proud. That you know, I'm sad they lost, but I was proud they made it that far. Uh my son played really well in person, so that was like the fun and the joy of like a kid playing, seeing that. And but my favorite moment last weekend was MF and Christian Pulisic scoring a hat trick in his first start in like a month Forever, or month and a half yeah. of the Premier League. It was such like, and the first goal was like relief, and the second goal was like a middle finger up in the air, and the third goal was like just like throwing it on the table, like just here, I'm here. Let's do and, this. Like, and it's amazing. Now it seems like he's back as a valuable part of that side. It was a big enough performance from him that I don't know how you can leave him out. And in the build-up to that, he had a nice assist against Ajax, I think it was. So, But we were all worried about him. Um, not in the sense that he couldn't do it, but that he wouldn't be given a chance to do it. Sure. Like he was being shut out. And like we talked about, I know Chris said this on one of the shows, he has to, when he's given a chance, he must take that chance. He definitely he did, did that. And it was awesome. And I've never been happier for a Chelsea player to do so, something like that. But um, good for him. So it was, a, it was a weekend of all the different emotions that this game can bring. And sometimes I wonder why it's worth the energy and angst that it puts us through. But moments like that are why. You know what? And I... It's it's weird. You started talking about that. Now I didn't catch the Arsenal game, so, it, but really, catching the full emotions of of the weekend, you're 100 percent right because it's this Pulisic and, um, you know, Ch- Charlie's his U9s finished undefeated with just one tie, in league play. So I mean, that was a great end of the season for them. His U the, the U8s played a game in pouring rain that was, I think the final was eight to seven. <laughs> Yeah, we had one in pouring rain as well. That was the one I was referring to. And it was like, I was, you know, I, I was miserable in the cold and rain, but I was like, my son's out there, like, killing it and working hard and not giving up when the weather's bad. And I'm like, I was really proud of him. So, yeah, that was, that, that was. And then Sunday so was, came around and I was mad at soccer again. Oh, well, with the, oh, with the Red Stars getting, yeah. Yeah. And, and, then, and it's still, you know what's, you know, what's interesting and I do, and we're going to, this is going longer than I thought, but this I think is a point worth making is we, the U9 game finished right as the NWSL final kicked off. And we went over to a, a went over to a bar, we went over to Warren's in Wheaton and we are in like, a, like we had made reservations. So we're off in a side room, annex room. And there's like four TVs. I think I asked five different times to put on the NWSL final. And I couldn't get them to change channel on that. So I guess it's, you know, so I watched the game on my phone. Don't get me wrong, I was fine. But I'm like, can we just put one on so we don't have to watch the Bears lose on three TVs or the Patriots afterwards? And yeah, no, they wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it either. Wouldn't, couldn't. 
whatever the case may be, they didn't change any of the channels. So I'm sure they made fun of you too. This guy wants to put on women's soccer instead of the bears. And I felt put, I felt justified watching the bears miss the field goal at the end. It did make me feel much better for that reason alone. But, and on that note, happy Halloween. And if you're listening to it afterward, hope you had a great Halloween and you're done.